0: You're listening to The Thriving Mom Podcast. I'm life and nutrition coach, Imeh Uguta, and I'm here to help you create the motherhood of your dreams without sacrificing your health and well-being. On this podcast, we dive into mindset, strategy, and skills that will help you stop surviving and start thriving in the beautiful chaos that is motherhood. Are you ready, mama? Let's journey together. Hey, mama, this week, I'm starting a new series titled The Gift of Coaching. Throughout this series, you'll get to hear from clients who have and are working with me who have experienced tremendous growth and impact because they made the decision to prioritize themselves. They decided to lean into who they are as mums in this world. And I really wanted to share their story because I find it so inspirational for me being able to watch their growth. And I also want to challenge you. To start thinking about who you want to be in the new year. Even before the year runs out. Who do you want to be? Where are you settling? And what do you want to achieve? Because I want you to know that it is all possible for you. The world needs more moms who are thriving, who are not settling, who are stepping into their power and having impact. And that starts with us. Because guess what? We have young people around us. We have children who are looking up to us. And yes, it might feel like a lot of pressure because there are not that many of us. But one drop of water makes a big difference. So enjoy these episodes. Take what you want from them. Let them serve as inspiration for you. And if you know of any mom who might benefit, please do share the episodes with them. And also leave us a review on iTunes. That is how other moms get to learn about this podcast all right without much ado let's dive into the episode on today's episode you're going to be hearing me chat with my client jill about boundaries and healing her relationship with food and her body during this episode we were joined by her baby so cute so you'll hear him chatter in the background and that's okay this is real life i trust that the episode is going to be extremely valuable for you especially if you struggle with people pleasing let's dive in all right, Jill, welcome to the Thriving Mom podcast. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me on. How are you doing? I'm doing great. And I know we do have a co-guest here today. So mm-hmm. for everyone listening, Jill's son is here with us. And if you hear any baby sounds, just know that this is real life. And we're not going to, we'll let him say whatever he needs to say, because this is an important moment for his mom. So just wanted to give you a heads up that if you hear screeching, we have someone here with us, and we're all fine with that as well. So good, we're gonna head into the questions. But first, I just want you to paint a picture to everyone listening about your life and what made you decide to find a coach? Uh,
1: Yes. So before meeting you and signing up, um, I found that I was one of those people that easily kind of bought into those diet fads and these perceptions of food being really good or really bad for you or my body having to exist in a certain way to, you know, be valid and be welcome in spaces and that sort of thing. And that really plays, uh, like, it's really hard on you when you're getting older, you're having children, your priorities are shifting you know, I, I was no longer an 18 year old that could spend hours at the gym and my life had changed and the needs for my body and what I needed to do had changed. And I was finding it really hard to reconcile what I wanted to be able to do and be happy in my life with this idea that I was carrying with me from my teenage years um, and how I was supposed to exist, quote unquote, <laughs> So yeah, that's kind of what made me want to seek out uh, help and your services and to kind of get that conversation started uh, because I knew what was going on in my mind wasn't correct, but it was really hard to kind of kick that off on my own um, and uh, sit back and identify what I needed to work on in me to actually accept and love myself in whatever stage that I'm in that was long-winded I apologize
0: (laughs) oh no it's totally fine and I think you painted such a great picture because I remember um, probably either our last meeting or the second to the last you had said something that when you came to me you kind of had an idea of what you think you wanted and just like our work together really brought it to life like okay this is what I want And I think that sometimes it's really helpful for us to go back to those places because the world does have this messaging that we all, especially as women and as moms who for some of us, we work. It's like you need to be able to know everything in all these areas. So whether you're a mom having to take care of older parents or children, if you're married, if you have a job, it's like you should be able to handle all of this and not ask for help. And it takes a lot of vulnerability, in my opinion, to be able to raise your hand and say, you know what, I do kind of have an idea of where I think I want to be. I'm also admitting that somehow, even though my life looks okay on paper, there are areas that I still want to improve and I would really like some support. And I think that that's something that's so important for us as moms to recognize, because again, it's okay to spend money on, you know, kids' toys, or soccer, or games, and sometimes we kind of feel guilty about spending that money on ourselves, or even just investing the time. Sometimes that's what it is. It's just like we feel guilty about doing that. So Mm -hmm. yeah, I think that that's so important. And I don't know if there's anything that comes to mind for you, but could you paint a little bit of a picture of what life was before coaching? I know there's something that I want to talk about, but I want you to just paint a picture of what that was like for us.
1: So I have a, a young daughter and it was like food, of course, were, were battles, um, conversations and arguments with my spouse were, I think, ongoing and regular. And I think a lot of families kind of have that. It was before we ended up getting pregnant with my baby now, but we were, you know, wanting more children and that kind of stuff. I was changing jobs. There was a lot of transitions that were happening kind of all at once. Um, And I had most recently kind of came off of what I'm calling my last kind of diet culture moment. And like my body was changing with that. And so there was a lot of these kind of things going on for my life. And I was having a hard time drawing boundaries with myself and with my family and like what I accepted (laughs) from society and those around me. And so... Yeah, um, it's a bit of a messy picture (laughs) of my life before, and I avoided digging deep into anything. It was all surface reaction, um, what's going on in the moment, and like how I can just get through to the next moment instead of actually digging down deep and asking myself why Um, I was feeling a certain way or why I was doing a certain thing or why my daughter insisting on having craft dinner three days in a row was bothering me so much. And so, yeah, I was very, I want to say it was very superficial,
0: how I was kind of going day to day. Yeah. And I think we can all relate to that. Like, (laughs) I'm sure everyone listening is like, well, that kind of sounds like me. And I think it's so important for us to recognize, well, I'm sure we're going to talk about this when we talk about how life has changed for you. But it's so important for us as moms to recognize, like, The superficial top level, you know, let's just get going, let's just fix what needs to be fixed right now and move on works until it no longer works. I think Mm -hmm. this is this is where we always get stuck. It's like, well, I've been doing that for two, three years and it's been working. Why isn't it working anymore? And you know, life is changing. Our kids grow and they need different things. If we're married or we have a significant other, that person's also growing. We're evolving too as moms. And it's so important for us to recognize that things will change. And what used to work before might not work anymore. And for you, I remember now that we were talking about it, there was so much going on. And when you said the thing about boundaries, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was a big one. That was such a huge one. And I just remember all the conversations we had about boundaries. And how that was really challenging for you to embrace that you were worth just placing those boundaries in place. So let's talk about how life is right now and how your life has changed. And you can pick any of those areas. Obviously, I think boundaries is a big one that really um, came through for you if you want to talk about that, or if you want to talk about anything else that has just changed generally.
1: Yeah, like you said, boundaries was a big one. Um, I liked like looking back, I know I thought I had boundaries. But reflecting now, I, if I could go back and talk to myself, I would be like, no, actually, you don't. <laughs> um, so I, I was always, you know, a bit of a people pleaser, I wanted to be able to be everything that everyone needed at all times. And uh, you, you only have so much time and sanity in a day to be able to do all of that. And I was just constantly wearing myself down, trying to be this people pleaser, and trying to, you know, meet whatever expectation someone had, even if it was unrealistic. And uh, that came from everywhere—from friendships to my uh, family to work. All of these areas were collectively just taking all I had. Mm-hmm. And so uh, now I'm a lot better at taking a moment instead of responding yes right away or just you know thinking that okay I'll find a way to make it work I've started just taking a moment to and I just I I have this visual I pull open my calendar and um, I take that minute just to like look at my calendar and I'm not actually even looking at the date Mm -hmm. but just so I can think to myself okay do I actually want to do this or can I make this happen is this a priority for me to make it happen what time am I giving up to do this and that's just for like time events not necessarily other things that may not take time but take mental energy um and so in doing that I've been able to really kind of set what works for me and what doesn't and my big fear of people being upset with me because I couldn't make that meeting at that time or I couldn't drop everything and do this one thing at that time it didn't really come true (laughs) <laughs> people didn't blow up and get angry at me for setting boundaries. Um, they usually came back with, oh, okay, yeah, that works. Or, oh, that doesn't work. Can we try this? And then it became a discussion and about figuring out, okay, what works best for both of us? Because a lot of the people that were asking things of me, they weren't thinking, oh, I'm going to pick the worst possible time to make it extra hard. Um, <laughs> that wasn't their intention. They were just giving up the first option that worked well for them, and they expected me to counter if it didn't work for me. And that's something that seems so simple, but I really didn't think of it that way. I thought I was letting people down if I wasn't meeting their expectations. Um, And so having the ability now to just take a minute and think, okay, one, do I want to do this? And two, when can I make it work that's not going to pull me away from other things I want to or need to do? Has been great. Has it solved all my problems in my life? Well, no, nothing ever does. But it does give me the opportunity to have that moment of clarity about what I need and stop focusing so much on making sure everyone else is happy all the time.
0: Mm-hmm. I think you have made some really great points. I'm, I'm like taking notes. You can't see me here, but <laughs> <laughs> as a people pleaser, I can totally relate with so many of the things that you said, and. I think for people who tend to lean more heavily on that people-pleasing attribute, it's mostly because we're so afraid of what other people are going to do. I think that's where it is. And our brains, of course, because our brains want to keep us safe. It'll go to the worst case scenario and just like bring it as if it's happening, which is often what drives us to be like, okay, let me try and fix this issue right now just so we can feel better. But I like how you said people don't always have ill intent, right? They just figure out what works for them, and they assume that you're going to counter back with, no, that doesn't work. But unfortunately, if you're a people pleaser, that option doesn't exist.
1: (laughs) No, it doesn't. It's like, oh, no, they're going to hate me forever if I can't make their garage sale. (laughs) (laughs)
0: This is so interesting, right? And I love how you pose those questions. Like, do I even want to do this? And if I do, when can I make it work that it's not going to take away from everything else, which again, brings you back to focusing on you and yourself, Mm. but not in a selfish way. It's more like, okay, what is a priority for me? I still want to support this person. And how can I make it work? And if not, that's fine. And yeah. people, people typically understand that and I think we're always the ones who just have so much mind drama about that. So I love that you shared that. Is there anything else that you wanted to share?
1: I guess another thing that really changed for me was kind of my perception and use of, of food. Um, because I always did like, go to food in like an emotional way. I viewed him certain things as good, certain things as bad. And I was passing that along to my daughter. And one of the things I know I identified with you early on, are you coughing? There we go. Um, I identified early on was I didn't want to pass down to her the diet perceptions that I had picked up in my life. And the, this idea that you have to eat rice crackers all day (laughs) and you know, you, you can't have things that taste really great that you really enjoy like cupcakes and that those are all bad and you have to only eat good things. And you have to be skinny to be healthy. And I I really wanted to work on those to make sure that I I wasn't doing harm to her. Mm -hmm. Um, Because no parent signs up for parenthood and decides, oh, I want to harm my child, Mm -hmm. like long-term. No, we do the best we can with what we have. And I just didn't have an understanding of the food and the relationships with that um, that I wanted to have for my daughter. And so that's another area that we're doing much better on. In fact, my daughter and I just had a conversation today. She's got this like Lucky Charms kind of cereal. Um, And she was eating it, whatever. And then she goes to put her bowl away. And she's like, that was a really like, nice treat for breakfast. But I'll eat a healthier breakfast tomorrow. And I was like, what? What healthier breakfast? Like, (laughs) there's nothing wrong with Lucky Charms. It's not gonna poison you. And so I tried to like, remind that like food is neutral and the word neutral doesn't really work for a seven-year-old so I'll have to find out other wording Mm -hmm. (laughs) um but I just explained I'm like there's some food that you eat for some reason and that's okay and so like I don't know I'm I'm gonna offer her lucky charms for breakfast tomorrow and see if she wants them (laughs) um because I don't want her to grow up thinking that she can't have certain things because they're bad and so uh, she's continuing to get this influence from outside the house, which we're going to have to keep working on, but it's, it's great because we can have these conversations, and I can remind her that, you know what, no, you don't have to save your cookie for dessert, or if your teacher says, nope, you can't have those gummies in your lunch, well, then you say, well, my mom says I can, and yeah, so that's another big thing that's really changed in our household and how we view food, it's made dinner times much easier, so
0: I love I love that story so much. And I'm just thinking back, like when we started working together and you were like, she has such an advanced palette for a child. (laughs) (laughs) And I was just like, oh, my goodness. First of all, well done, because I know how far you've come with this work. And it's so interesting, like even just hearing you talk about the experience, I don't hear, you know, the tension, the anxiety. It's like, okay, she said this and you didn't freak out either. You just kind of had a conversation about it and you didn't make a big deal versus in the past. It would have been a whole thing. And I Mm -hmm. think this is the work that we keep doing, because like you said, our children will go out into the world and people will keep giving them the diet culture thoughts they will give them the diet culture, you know, ways of doing things. And as long as we have a home where we can openly have those conversations and remind them that, you know what, it's safe for you to have these foods. Obviously, we don't, if there's allergies, that's a different conversation. But as long as a child is just having a good experience with food, that's oh. what matters. And that's the work that we can do for our children and support them. I think that is Excellent. Awesome. Mm-hmm. And I never
1: would have thought I'd be able to have that conversation. Like when we before we had done our work together, I never would have handled it that way. And she probably wouldn't have been having Lucky Charms for breakfast.
0: That because oh, no. I wouldn't
1: have allowed it in
0: the house. Oh, no. Oh, no. I remember. I remember when you were like, <laughs> "But why? And we just were like talking to my guy. It's gonna get better. And here we are, right? Yeah, so- it got better. Yeah, well done. And I think there's a lot of work for us as parents too. Like We also have to regulate ourselves and keep reminding ourselves of the bigger picture. Like you said, no parent has a child and thinks, well, how can I ruin them in the long run? We're just doing our best. And even me teaching this thing and coaching other moms, I know how challenging it is sometimes when my kids go to school and someone does a health class teaching them about food and then they come home and we have conversations and they're like mom let me just tell you like Mm -hmm. I'm like you know what it's just the world that we live in those people are not bad people it's just what they know and that's okay right yeah all right this was very helpful so is there anything else that you wanted to share that I haven't asked you I guess
1: one of the things that um I should have like Taken, taken, I guess, into account when I first signed up. It's like there, there is work to it, um, and I was surprised, like looking back, how like our how long our conversations were on just like one topic, mm-hmm. and how sometimes you really have to dig down. And while it sounds daunting, kind of at the beginning, uh, like the work is so worth it to mm-hmm. get to a place where. I feel comfortable with boundaries. I feel comfortable with food. Um, And it translates into other areas like conversations with my husband. When we start to get snappy at each other, we can kind of be like, okay, like, what's this really about? And ask the questions why, instead of getting to the point where things are boiling over. And you wouldn't think that starting off me messaging you about very specifically, I want to make sure that I'm not messing up my daughter. (laughs) <laughs> has then translated into having better conversations with my husband yeah. um, about things that are bothering me.
0: Yeah. And
1: so it's just, it carries over to all these different facets of my life. And so it kind of touches in
0: everywhere, which is really great. Yeah. I Thank you so much for saying that. Because the way we do one thing is how we do another. And for mm-hmm. many of us moms and women, typically we just hide everything under our bodies and food. But once Mm -hmm. we start to unpack that thing, it's like, "Mm, maybe that's not really the problem. And of course, if we still want to work on our relationship with food and our bodies, that's helpful too. And then we start seeing it spill over into other areas, right? Like you said, like boundaries, having conversations. I mean, what does conversation with your spouse have to do with food and body? It's everything, but you're not going to understand that until you start exploring the food and body part or you know, just being confident or having a conversation with your child about food. So it's all related. And I think that your story is just so inspirational. And I'm hoping that moms are taking notes because we just keep doing the work. It never Mm -hmm. ends. And our children are just waiting for us to be the best versions of ourselves, whatever that looks like in any season. So I guess one last question would be, if there's anyone who's like thinking about coaching or thinking about reaching out for help, even if not with me, but with anybody else, what advice would you tell them? What would you give them?
1: I'd say definitely take the time to invest in yourself and do it. You might end up in a totally different place than you originally thought when you had reached out um, and filled in that questionnaire about what you want to focus on. Um, At the end, you might look back and be like, oh, wow, we did that and so much more. It's worth the time to put in. And I know it's hard to think, "Okay, do I have an hour a week or do I have an hour every two weeks or whatever the schedule may be? But if you make time for the hour, it just it pays you back tenfold in the time that you can actually free up once you better understand how you're truly feeling about things. I no longer stand in front of the pantry (laughs) for like 15 minutes wondering what am I going to eat and being like and like all the mental gymnastics I do with myself (laughs) instead it's like okay I want a cookie I'm gonna grab a cookie and then if I'm standing there it's like okay I don't actually want a cookie why am I standing here and it pays you back to invest that hour or two hours or whatever the timeframes that you're committing to it. It's it's worth it for down the road when you can better understand what you need and what you want um, and how to have those conversations with yourself.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much. And on that note, we're going to end our conversation here. This was so helpful. Thank you, Jill, for coming and just sharing your story. You're truly an inspiration. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks for hanging out with me. If you enjoyed this episode, I want you to take that work deeper and implement one thing that you learned this week. And if you'd like to take this work further, come work with me inside my coaching program. You can go to oliveandbliss.ca to learn all about me and how I can support you.